Please be seated. Back in Philippians. Philippians 4.1 is the verse for the day, our theme verse for the year. And it goes something like this. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Philippians 4.1. Again, we're going to continue the idea of memorizing a verse on a weekly basis, so I hope you're engaged. We don't have the time to go through all the verses today, and quite frankly, I've forgotten some of them, so I need to brush up a little bit and do some review. Poke, okay? So I know that we've talked a little bit about the whole raw thing before, and there's, you know, sometimes we've expressed an opinion on that, but if you want really good poke, it is your tapas idea for the day, and I think we've even mentioned the idea of poke or cervete or something similar to that. Maury's, okay? you got to check out Maury's. There are two poke is absolutely breathtaking. Tanya came home with it the other night for one of the festive meals that we had over the holiday season. And I'm telling you, this stuff, you don't even have to do any work at all. You just like open it up, dump it in a bowl, and then just go nuts on it with a pair of chopsticks. Chopsticks is what you want to eat poke with. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. Stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. We experience this sense of longing, right? And we express it and understand it in kind of like it's a new thing because we're so often and accustomed to getting what we want, when we want, when we want it. And yet, when Paul starts and talks about his brothers and sisters who he loves and longs for, the concept of longing is, is, is inherent in the first century. Longing to be reunited with people that Paul loves. Longing for that future day when Jesus' second coming will be present, will be present to all. Paul starts off, therefore, my brothers and sisters, family by choice. Now, really, chapter 4, verse 1, comes more at the end of chapter 3. It would be better chapter 3, verse 27 or 28, rather than chapter 4, verse 1, because it really concludes the end of chapter 3. And when we get to chapter 3, the end thereof, later this year, we will express that in greater detail. But, But two things are going on in this family of choice family by choice. Choosing God and God choosing. And you got to have both. Being chosen by God, God drafting, God saying, I want you on my team. And we, as the people of God, choosing God. You can't just have one and have it work. The first is open to anyone who is open to the second. Now, theologians might offer a complex argument of what happens first, and if we want to get into that, we can. But I tell you this, anyone who wants to have a relationship with God and all that that means will find a willing participant in the Father, Son, and Spirit. Paul says we are in this together. Again, these extremely familial terms being used, these expressions of love and affection to tell people exactly where they stand. And it is what brings us today to this place. What unites us, whether we are in this room or whether we are in our homes or whether we're a half a world away. 
It means family by choice, God's choice, our choice. It means that we come to events like this. We seek God's faith face through corporate prayer, through private prayer. It means that we can seek God's face just walking in the woods kind of prayer. Family by choice. Inherent is the idea God has chosen us, that we have chosen God, that God is listening. Paul, again, repeats a, a frequent theme of the affection. When I think of you, okay, my, 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 my love, who I long for, when I think of you, this is how I think of you. My joy, this deeply held sense, this longing for these people that he loved, this sense of joy that he has, that they exist, that they are his crown. It, it's kind of like a pet name, okay, an, an affectionate term. Like, like you're the crown jewel, a term of endearment. Say, for instance, we were to describe someone as a four-legged creature that runs through the woods. Dear. It's a term of endearment, right? Or a sticky substance one puts on bread. Honey? A powdered granule, white or brown. Sugar? Small human, unable to cave for themselves. Baby or babe. Album and song by Taylor Swift. This is the one I'm taking a chance on. Love her. Not quite a king or a princess. You'd never describe that about your loved one, right? Term of endearment, not quite a king or a queen. Your prince or your princess. Messenger of God, non-human. Angel. See, it's a lot easier if we just say, dear, honey, sugar, baby, princess, prince, angel, right? And that's what Paul's doing. He's, you're my crown. The crown jewel of an experience. The crown jewel of a possession. Referring to something extremely valuable. It's shorthand for expressing how much he loves, how much he cares for them. And it really gets at how Paul wants to think about people. How do we think about people? How do we think about the people that we know, that we love? How do we think about the people that we have disagreements with? Do we think of them in these terms? Because I tell you, if you've ever been sideways with a person, and, and not like over something that's really like earth-movingly big, like who is Jesus Christ? But if you've ever been sideways with someone, even about a smaller thing, how you think about them, how I think about another individual, changes how I relate to that individual. Paul thinks about the people that are nearest, that are closest to him, the people that he has cultivated a relationship with, the people that he has introduced to Jesus Christ. He thinks about them in these very affectionate ways, very affectionate terms. This last week I had an opportunity, right? You know, so you're thinking about a person in a unique way that maybe isn't all that healthy, and then you do something for that person. And your headspace changes. So again, I offer at the start of a new year, when we think about the people that are in our lives, especially the ones that we have minor disagreements with, even though we might think they're major, 
Do we think about each other in the right way? Do we have a love, a longing for? Do we have a deeply held joy? Not because of us, but because of the work of God in our lives. Stand firm, Paul invites. You could argue that it's a command. You could argue that it is a hope. You could argue that it is an invitation, that it is a prayer. Stand firm in the Lord. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord. Jesus as example, Jesus as trailblazer, Jesus as foundation of one's life. But but it's also active, right? It's just not a passive, okay, Jesus is this really good person, maybe even the Savior of the world. We could give that mental asset. It's not just a passive reliance. It's also an active participation in that reality. Again, it's God choosing and we choosing, okay? It's not just one side of the coin. It's both sides of the coin. Jesus as example, Jesus as trailblazer, Jesus foundation of one's life, but also it is active. You stand firm. And the ability to stand firm is not based on our own ability. It's again based on Christ and our relationship with Jesus Christ. The truest allegiance a frequent theme that we've encountered in Philippians and will continue to encounter in Philippians because the church at Philippi was very proud, very proud of their nationalistic identity. I mean, they were named after a Roman Caesar. Paul says, careful of the influences that take your eyes off of Jesus. The truest allegiance is to Jesus. It's not to Rome. And we must remember that. We cannot escape that. For all that the world wants to tell us of the things that should be important in our lives, Paul and other authors like him, individuals in our sphere of instant influence constantly remind us that our truest allegiance is to Jesus. Stand firm in Christ. And when we pray for each other, we we pray like Paul prays. We pray with this notion of, of command, yes, be strong, but it's also a sense of hope. It's also a sense of compassion. It's also a reality that we want the very best that Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit, that the Father has to bring to bear in our lives. And when we pray for each other, we pray for wisdom and strength and health and healing, and all of those things are well good to pray for. When we pray, we remember the Lord. It seems as though when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm getting better and better at getting to prayer more quickly and quickly. And frequently my prayers are about those that are closest to me. And so I think of of my family, my immediate family. And it would be easy to pray for things like success, and I think that, in part, what parent wouldn't want that? 
But frequently I pray for a God-shaped vision for their lives. Frequently I pray that God would lead them for all of their days. And when I don't know what to pray, I simply say that. I don't know what to pray. But I'm coming to you in an attitude of prayer, hoping for the best thinking about the people that I'm praying for in the best possible way. And so in a few minutes, I'm going to invite you to participate. You may not be comfortable with the act of having someone pray for you. I understand that. That makes sense to me. But I'm still going to ask you to participate. We have enough people here today, or we have a small enough crowd here today, depending upon your perspective, that we can pray for everyone. Now, it's going to be a little bit different, okay? We won't huddle up like we're in a football hall calling a prayer, play rather, although prayers sometimes are plays. Um, And so we're going to invite you now to start writing out a prayer request for your family, for you, for those that you love for people that are involved in your life. And then you're going to come forward and you're going to partake in the communion elements, okay? And there will be a cup with bread, a cup with juice, and then you'll move to one of two prayer stations, as Eric alluded to, an option on either side. And then you'll hand your prayer card off to one of four teams, okay? And we'll maintain a respectable social distancing and there will be music playing and we will pray to God silently, Silent prayer, knowing that the Father hears even words that are not communicated out loud. And we will bless you. And the whole time there will be singing going on in the background. And if you're at home and you want to participate, please, please, please participate. Send us a prayer request at info at timberwoodchurch.org. Direct message us on Facebook, even this morning, and we will pray for you in this place, in this time. We begin this year with this sense of anticipation. The sense of what will God do in our lives, and how will God be real in our experiences? We began this year together. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Please pray with me. Father, we come to you today grateful to be in the presence of your Spirit, grateful to have confidence because we gather in the name of Jesus, that Jesus is with us. And for some of us, oh God, it is so difficult to understand why you would choose us. But you do. And you ask that we choose you back. And so for some of us today, Father, allow this prayer service to be an opportunity where we hear the words that God loves us, that God is choosing us to be on his team. 
and where God can hear our words saying, we choose you back. Where God can hear our words when we say, Jesus, I want you as my Savior. I want you as my Lord, and I want to know that my sins are forgiven. All of us can affirm that, O oh great God. All of us can come to you with a heart filled with prayer and longing. A heart filled knowing that the best is yet to be. Father, thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite our prayer folk and communion servers to move into place and briefly introduce the communion experience of Timberwood Church. You don't have to be a member of Timberwood Church. You just have to be a person who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Again, we have individuals that will release you row by row so we can be respectful of other people's space in this space. And we invite you to come forward if you want a gluten-free option. It is on the ceramic tray, um, the stone tray, um, in between the two uh, towers. If you are not needing a gluten-free option, then you can take out of either tower for a piece of bread and a cup of juice. With that being said, Jesus said on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, he took the juice, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, do this in remembrance of me.